0: you're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, I'm going to share with you my three key factors that led to my growth as a coach, as well as other coaches I know in 2021. And I'm hoping you could take some of these takeaways and yourself grow as a coach in the next upcoming little bit. So it's an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. the volleyball by design podcast what's up ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 74 of the volleyball by design podcast how is everyone doing out there today another week excited to be back on the pod for another episode episode 74 we're getting to 75 we are uh, it is it is unreal uh, the amount of growth And the amount of episodes that uh, we've been able to kind of put out there and the feedback we've been getting is incredible, so I thank you for that. If you are a new listener to the podcast, welcome. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of this podcast. And if you are a regular listener, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you making me part of your well, many of you of your Monday morning. I know a lot of people have said that uh, Monday mornings they look forward to a new episode to listen to while they're while they drive to work or whether they're on their jog or working out or something like that. So, listen, I, I really appreciate you making me part of your routine and uh, listening to my voice in your ear for you know twenty twenty five minutes or so uh, every week. That 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 means a lot, and um, that means that also means that. You're, you're learning you're getting some value and I really really am happy about that because that was the whole intention of this podcast was to be able to give value wherever I could possible to help grow this game help as many coaches as possible so I'm glad I'm really glad we, we can go on this journey together and thank you so much for for being a listener of, of the podcast so we got a got another review. To to shout out on the podcast this is from Jaron B08. Okay, Jaron B08. Now, if I if I haven't shouted you out for a comment, sometimes it's weird. I don't know. I have this um this program that I I get. That I kind of it, it gets. It's, it sends me an email when someone sends me a uh, a review, but sometimes I don't get them. It's, it's it's strange. But anyways, nevertheless, I always try to check all the different platforms. And so Jaron B08 says, great quality content. Uh, five stars. I found this podcast a few months ago because I've been preparing for my first season as an assistant coach for high school and first season as a head coach for middle school. Thanks for providing so much content. It's been helpful and huge for me gaining confidence as a coach going into the season. Well, B. 8 thank you so much for that review. I appreciate it. And you know what? You kind of hit it on the money. This is exactly why I've created this podcast was to help coaches, whether you're an experienced coach or a new coach, to give you a place where you can go and, and get some information, get get some resources that you could take back to your gym. So I, I appreciate the feedback and thank you so much for that. And, and I wish you the best of luck as your, you know, as the first season I had, as a head coach. It's it's different than an assistant coach. It is. It's, but it's a lot of fun. And um, we're actually, I'm actually going to talk about one of my takeaways today. With regards to being a head coach, but anyways, this is um that's great. So thank you, and uh, a couple other things I want to mention before we get into this episode. So if you didn't already hear, well, if you're listening to this, um, the week of November seventh, twenty twenty one, uh, then you would have already then you already know this. But if um for any of you that missed it, you know DVA Digital Volleyball Academy is my signature membership where I get to help. Guide coaches along their journey. I get to provide them with mentorship, with my resources. Get to take them behind the scenes in our gym. I I, I get to take you from where you are now to where you want to be, and I get to show you how to get there. So it's we're currently open. I right? I only open up a handful of times a year, and it's closing uh, November. What is that? November 11th at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. So if you're a coach and you're interested in signing up and joining DVA. Joining my mentorship, my movement that I'm trying to help as many coaches as possible. Head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com and get registered. This will be the last time you can get in for 2021. The last time. All right, this is the last time I'll have it open publicly. And if you're listening to this after uh, November 11th, and don't worry, you know you're gonna be able to get in. Just go. to You can still head on over to Digital Volleyball Academy and join the waitlist. And as soon as I open it back up in the new year or whenever you're listening to this, rather, you'll you'll be able to get in. All right, I can't wait to see you guys inside the membership, man. I We have over 150 members in there, and it's a blast. We jump on Zoom and do some coaching, some live training, get access to all my resources. You really get a place to go, man. I wish when I was a young coach, I wish there was a place like this for me that I could go and get help, get mentorship, reach out to other people in the same situation as I am, and and, uh, and get that instant quality coaching and feedback instead of Googling YouTube everything. anything. That's what I used to do. But anyways... Let's get into this this episode. I hope I see you guys inside DVA if you are interested. All right, so today's episode, we are talking about factors in growth. Now, every so often, I like to come on the pod and and talk about my growth as a coach because some of the lessons that I've learned and I go through, I think many of our listeners can either relate or, or listen and apply it to them so you don't waste the time that I've wasted over my coaching career, and hopefully you can... Uh, you can learn something, you know, that's what I try to do. I try to bring my experiences inside our college gym so uh, I can, you know, help our listeners. And this week, normally this is kind of premature, uh, you know, the, the growth in 2021, but I wanted to, I didn't want to wait till the end of the year to tell you guys. I want, to, I want to share now so, you know, you don't have to wait and you can, you can use it. So we had our, you know, this week we've, we have our preseason opener. Um, we had our first game. Now, this is my first time back coaching in almost two years. Uh, because of the pandemic, sports were pretty much shut down here in Canada for a long time, and it was tough. So a lot of my players have gone on and graduated, and it was it, it was tough to keep players you know holding back on because we never know when when we're gonna get to play back in the gym now in Canada we we were very 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 strict you know I know a lot of my friends in the US you guys are still playing you just had restrictions but you were still playing whether it was mass mandate or 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 you had to get vaccinated in certain situations you know whatever the case is you still were able to play well over here in Canada sports were pretty much shut down for 18 months there was no uh, university college competition at all until this season so we have a team of a lot of first years. I have one returning player, one returning player, and all first years with no college. Well, one of them actually has college experience, but majority of them don't. So you can imagine, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in a very uh, developmental, growing a lot of. Uh, a lot of growth that's the situation we're going to be in right now so it's exciting i'm excited about the the opportunity i have ahead and we have a great group of guys who are dedicated athletes really really culture orientated players um and it's great So we had our first game and our first game guess who it's against number one team in the province all right so in canada we have provinces in the u.s you guys have your state so number one team in the province um and we lost 3-1 so Absolutely great experience for my guys. Um, we 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 competed. We played for the first time. You know, the first time many of them are stepping on a college gym floor in front of an audience and uh, with the atmosphere of a of a real match. It, it was exciting as a coach to be back, and it was also exciting for them to to see what it's like and go through um a, a real match. So what I want what I wanted to jump on the pod and talk about is what I think are important factors in growth. Now, I'm sorry, I've been talking for about, what, eight minutes now, we haven't even got into the episode, but let's dive in and talk about growth. The biggest takeaway I can tell you, you know, is experience. Experience is the ultimate learning tool. It really is. You can t- you can take courses, you could listen to people talk all day, myself included, but you will never improve as a coach or your team will improve as a as a team until you start experiencing this change, until you start implementing and seeing what happens. And it's true, experience is the greatest teacher. So, what I want to encourage you to do, all of you coaches listening to this, I want you to I want to encourage you to experiment in your gym. Experiment. I mean, there's only, there is only there's nothing that there's nothing negative that can happen from an experiment. The worst thing is you realize that your experiment didn't work the way you wanted it to, and you change, and you adapt. I see too many times coaches are afraid to experiment with a lineup, to experiment with a skill, to experiment with a player that they want to try certain things out with because they're afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of failure. It is one of the great... Fail- I, we, don't, we don't actually use that, that word in our gym. There's no, there's no such thing as failure what it is it's learning you're you're honestly learning so like i say you could read all about the concepts but until you try it you won't actually know what works so i want you to look at this too in another sense like okay you know hitting there are mechanics in hitting 100% you know there is you want to draw your elbow back rotate high you know, engage your core and all these great things with hitting, but not all hitting is the same, you know? Let's talk about angle of approach, for example. Not everybody's angle of approach is going to be the same. Some players like to come in on a different angle than other players. Now, there is a general guideline, absolutely, if we're to come in off the court based on the position, but why don't you go and see where your player likes to approach from? Where is their best angle of approach that will maximize their hitting options and experiment with it. We did this, we do this all the time in our gym. We say, okay, come in on this angle, come in on this angle, come in on this angle. Now let's see how you how effectively you can hit all three shots. And we go, we film it, we look at them, and we ask them, well, what angle did you like the best? And normally their angle of approach that they say is going to be the exact same one that I thought they were the best at. And just that simple Experimenting with that player, you you see what's going on. You see what's great. Let's talk about passing. You know, you may have a you know a six six passer. You may have a five eleven passer. Well, both of those passers may not pass the same. Their bodies are different. Your six six passer is going to have a much more wider range, a, a bigger passing zone. They may not have to do certain things that a five eleven passer may have to do. You know, I had. On our team years ago, I had the the best libero in the East Division, right? By the way, in his first year, he was not the best libero at all. He we actually, I have t- told the story on the podcast before, but his very first year, he he was he, great attitude, great athlete, but he was an inexperienced libero. It was his first year in the league, and it came to a point where we had to hide him on serve receive. We didn't have the two libero um, rule at this time, so we had to hide him. In serve, receive, and I had a two person passing rotation. Our two left sides passed the whole court, and it, it, must, it, was, it must have been really embarrassing and frustrating for this libero at that time. But he put in the work and he found what worked for him as a libero. I think he was a five seven libero or five six libero in the league, it might even be five five to be honest. I think I'm taller, than, I'm five seven and a half, and I'm taller than him, so yeah, maybe five six, five five. And in his second year in the league, he was an all star first team all-star, first team all-star libero, because some of the traditional ways of passing didn't work for him. For example, he many times had to pass off the ground, meaning he had to hop a little bit in the air to get his platform and angle behind the ball. Now, would you be teaching athletes to hop in the air to pass a ball? Probably not, but guess what? This is what worked for him. This is what allowed him to get his platform and angle behind the ball to target. And what's the most important part of passing is platform and angle. That's the most important part of passing. And this athlete was able to do that because we figured out what worked for him. Now, if I was a, you know, stagnant coach saying, no, 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 passing fundamentals say you have to be stopped on contact. You have to be, both feet need to be on the ground. You have to move your feet to get your angle and platform behind the ball. We don't jump when we pass. You ever heard of a coach teaching players to jump when they pass? We don't do that. Now, if I had that mindset, I would. this player would definitely not have been an, an all-star in our league, first-year all-star, and he would have struggled. But because we worked together, we found a work for him, and we realized that that hop is what he needed, guess what? One of the best passers in the league. So the reason I tell you this story is because that just to show that sometimes certain fundamentals don't apply to everybody. We have to figure out and look at our athletes in a way where – Let's experiment. Let's experience it. Let's go through this, these trials and tribulations together. So experience is the ultimate learning tool. Coaches, I want to look at this from another angle. How many of you coaches right now want to be a head coach, but you're not a head coach currently? You want to be a head coach, but you're not a head coach currently. And many of you probably said, you know what? I'm going to be an assistant coach and gain that experience. And learn from a head coach. Now, if you want to be an experience, if you want to be a, an assistant coach to learn from a head coach, then sure, do that for a year. I, you know what? I completely respect that, and I encourage that. In fact, but I'll tell you something: that is not going to help you be a head coach. Okay, let me rephrase that. It will help you a little bit because you're going to get to see what they do, see how they run their program, and you can kind of model that if you want. Sure. So it will help you a little bit. So I shouldn't say it won't completely not help you. But I'll tell you from experience that being a head coach is extremely different than being an assistant coach. The decision making, the emotions, the planning, everything that a head coach goes through, you're not going to experience as an assistant coach. You won't until you put yourself in that head coaching role. So how do you be a better head coach or how do you be a head coach to begin with? Is you have to start by becoming one. Because you're not going to learn the same way as you would as an assistant coach. And I see this mistake a lot of times. Coaches spend years as an assistant coach trying to gain all that experience. And then when they're a head coach, it's going to take them some time to be that head coach and adapt. Versus if you were to already start that role earlier, imagine how much more ahead of the game you're going to be as a head coach. Now, if you don't think you're ready to be a head coach of an elite level team, that's okay start with whatever you feel comfortable with as long as you're a head coach. Start with a high school team, a middle school team, a 13U, a 14U team. Whatever you need to start off at, start there. Because that is, again, we're going back to experience. Experience is gonna be your ultimate learning tool. You're gonna get to see the decisions that you're making, learn from them, go through it. And the earlier you are as a head coach, the better you're gonna be. Now, I actually, I'm... I have been an assistant coach, but on a one-off. I've never been a full assistant coach for a season. I've never been one. Now, coaches may argue and say, well, I've lost out on that experience of learning from from that lens. But I've been a head coach for 13 years. And I can tell you the growth that I've gotten as a head coach in 13 years, I would have never gotten if I assisted for a, a number of years before that. I would have never gotten that. I got to grow a lot faster by being a head coach by going through those experiences. Now, I've had mentors. I've been in my mentors' gyms. I've sit on my mentors' benches. Absolutely. But I, ha- but I would. I was still a head coach while I was doing that. I was still a head coach while I was being in other gyms of my mentors, sitting on their benches, listening to what they're doing and stuff like that. I, I was still a head coach, so I wasn't losing on that experience. So you see what I'm saying? Like you have to understand that we have to experience first. And I'll, I'll throw in one other thing for experiences. Exhibition plays, mixing up the lineups. I think I mentioned this already, um, but mixing it up, seeing what works, what doesn't. Ex- don't not being afraid to experiment. Okay, uh, you know my mentor, Coach John Spraw. He always said that he thinks that what attributed to his growth as a head coach is not just mentorship. Mentorship is super important, and I think is the is the most important factor for coaches to grow. But he said when he when he coached before he got to UCLA, when he was at Irvine. Um, he was able to experiment. He was able to experiment because he took on a new program and he got to implement what he wanted to an experiment. And that made him a better coach for it. that made him what kind of what he is now. So experiment coaches, don't be afraid. Okay. Now I spent a lot of time talking about this, but it was really to hit that message home. Okay. Another key factor in my growth. And this one kind of snuck up on me because I didn't realize that it was happening, but you know, I talk about having conversations with your players, you know, really having conversation with your players, but I actually have been improving on this, like doing it more and more and more. And it's really important to have conversations with your players because you can only gauge, you know, in a game and practice, you can gauge how they're feeling, what they're doing, what they're comfortable doing, how they're performing, you can gauge it, but you won't truly understand the validity and to the extent of all that Until you have a conversation with your players, truly, you know, and I've, I've noticed that over the last couple of years, actually, that the more conversations we have, the more we get to know them, the more we get to build that trust and have them feel comfortable approaching us and talking to us about certain things, the better we're going to be able to get out of the athlete truly. And you know what? Sometimes they're not going to tell you, they're not going to go up to you and tell you upfront how they feel or what they're, what they're, what they're thinking. You know, and I can and I don't want to I don't want to give too many examples in case some of my players are listening to this, but there are many cases where I've I've put a player in a left side position because they were I actually I'll tell you right now. Okay? I had a left side and he was one of the best passers on our team. Okay? And we put him left side because if you've ever heard me say it, you know, we want to have our best our best passers and hitters as our left sides. That's what we want, okay? So he was one of our best passers and hitters and we put him left side. And he was effective. He was definitely effective. And then one day, we switched him to the right. We put him as an opposite hitter. And if I had not had a conversation, if I had not thought about it or experimented or have this conversation with this player, I would have never known. And guess what? He was so much more effective, unbelievably more effective, as a right side than than he was as a left. And all it took was a conversation as well as experimenting. And we found our team's offense efficiency increased by putting him on the opposite, on the right side. Now, how many times does that stuff go unnoticed by not having these conversations, by not knowing? Okay. And also, there are a lot of things that are going on on the court that you can't see, by the way. You may be standing there and watching and observing, but there are certain things that you can't see happening on the court, and you're not gonna know what's happening on the court. Unless you have conversation with your players about it, one-on-ones, team conversations, whatever the case is, but honestly, have more conversations, get to know them. This is how you build relationships. This is how you build trust, okay? Another, another way you can look at this too is have your assistants build more relationship with your players. I've talked about this on the podcast before. You know, I have one of my assistant coaches has a handshake with every single player on the team, and he doesn't even recycle the handshakes from previous years. You know, he's been an assistant coach with me for years and he never uses the same handshake with one player versus a player in the past. So we have our ways of, they have their ways of developing relationships, but it's important. And my assistant coaches will come and tell me now they won't violate the trust of the players. If a player tells my assistant coach something and that player does not want me to know, they they won't tell me, but there are certain things they do tell me that will help because they're going to have the relationship. They'll say, Hey, you know what, this player I don't think is comfortable with this player. That one lineup is not gelling because of this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Well, thanks for letting me know, and now we can address it. So wholeheartedly, coaches listening to this, have more conversation with your players. And I guarantee you, think about it. Think about how many times you have conversation with your players in 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 a given week. Is it enough? Is it enough to know how they're doing, how they're feeling, what they're thinking? It, 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 it's a game changer. It really is. And I've noticed that a lot more in my coaching career the more I've done this. And this is not just me having these conversations, it's, it's assistant coaches as well. That counts as well to keep that conversation going. So when I have my coaches meeting, we talk about, you know, like what, what's the update? What's the news? What should, what should we be worried about? Do we need to be worried about anything else? Okay. So things like that. All right. The last thing I want to talk about um, in terms of my top three growth factors of 2021 is planning. Man, I, I'm telling you, and and I mean I might sound like a broken record, here and I apologize if I do, but planning is so crucial. I've I've noticed because I sit down a lot more. I spend more time planning now. When I sit down, I have my iPad and I and I plan my practice, and I go through. And if you and if you've listened to my past episodes, I can't remember some of these episodes I've talked about. One of them is the efficiency training. Um, you know I talk about the use of a whiteboard. And how important the whiteboard is, and just to give you an example, like when I practice plan, I'm actually putting players' names in the drills already in the scrimmages that I have planned already, so that when I, when I come to the when it comes to practice time, I don't have to sit there and be like, ah, uh, okay, Ryan, you go here, Jason, you go here, Kareem, you go here. They already know where they're going because they look at the whiteboard. It tells them where they have to go, and they go. And it saves me time, it saves them time, the drills go faster, it's more efficient that way. So when I sit down and I plan these things out, I know I notice that wait a minute, this is not gonna work if I try this out in the gym. I don't like how this looks, I don't like where this player plays. And I get to dissect my practice before the practice even happens. But I'm allowed to, I can do that because I plan my practice ahead of time. Now I know there's a lot of coaches, and I was one of these coaches who we're going to say, listen, I don't get paid enough for this. I have, I have my real job. I got to worry about there's lots, that's a lot of work there. I know what I want to do in my head. I'm going to go into practice. I'm going to, we're going to do it. And I know a lot of coaches that say, I've been coaching a long time and I don't, I've never written things down. I've never written on a whiteboard in practice and we've been doing just fine. Okay. I also know coaches that say, I don't get paid for this. This is volunteering. I don't have time when am I going to practice plan? That's not essential. That's not needed. It, 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 and, and they've been get going along fine. And you know what? If you're one of those coaches, guess what? You probably have been doing a great job and going along fine. But here's what I challenge you. I guarantee you, if you were to plan, sit down and plan out your practice beforehand. Write it down. Put the players where they need to be. Do the drills you're going to do it. Map it out. I guarantee you. And I challenge you to do this your practice will run smoother. And you know what? Guess what else is going to run smoother? Your ability to assess your practice, your players, your performance as a team, your ability to do all of these things will improve because you have a plan in place, because you can measure it against something. All of this, I, I listen, I'm telling you, I'm 100% guaranteeing you, you will see growth at a faster rate than if you didn't plan it. Because guess what? When you're at that practice, you've already planned it. You've already written down. You already know what's going on. It's going to open your eyes. You're going to look at practice from a different lens than you had previously before doing this. And you're going to see things differently that you would not have picked up if you didn't do this. And let let me give you an example to put things into perspective. You plan out a drill. You know how a drill is going to work now. You've planned out the players that are going to be in that drill. And when it happens you know the player that's going to come up next you know the player that's going there you can say wait a minute something's not right this drill's not working or this player is having is struggling doing this i put him in this position but he's struggling doing it let me see why and you're going to start dissecting it a lot more you're going to pick up on so much more of the nuances you may not have seen and you know how i know this of certainty is because one i am a prime example i hated practice planning I refused to do it. And I was exactly one of those coaches that I mentioned before because I was like, I don't need to. I know what I'm doing. We're going to go into the gym and we're going to do it. I was also, before I before I got to that stage, I was even worse before where when I walk into the gym, I'll see the players that show up and I'll feel it out and then I'll see what we need to practice. I was that coach in my early 20s. I'm so embarrassed to say that, but that was me. So I was that that person. And I can tell you, when I changed and I started planning, writing it down, putting it on a whiteboard, I, I'm telling you, my ability to assess improved significantly because of it so coaches and not just me by the way coaches coaches that are in digital volleyball academy coaches that I work with on a weekly and monthly basis that come back and tell me listen when I started implementing a plan when I had a plan in place seasonal planning practice and whatever it is when I when I drew up my practice and I implemented it in practice, after doing that for some time, guess what? I noticed that I improved as a coach. I noticed that I noticed I noticed things that I wouldn't have noticed if I didn't do that. So again, I'm sorry for preaching on this on this topic for some time here now, but it, it, is, it is something that I think is important and you're gonna be able to gauge your growth and the growth of your team a lot more. You're gonna see what works and what doesn't, all right? And I'll throw in a bonus one here for you guys. And you, I'm pretty sure many coaches who've been a listener of the pod know what I'm gonna say here. What What is another thing that I always try to go... What do I always try to improve every year as a coach? Efficiency. Am I being efficient? When I sit back every year and I reflect, am I being a more efficient coach than I was before? And I can say with certainty, myself and our coaches, we were just talking about this, uh, actually at our last coaches meeting, we're like, guess what? Our practices are better than they were last year. Our planning, our approach, is much better than it was last year. So every year, we become better coaches. We self-reflect self reflection huge huge part of coaching by the way that's another that's another factor for growth self reflecting after your practices after your game after your season and i know you're not going to want me to say this but guess what writing it down writing it down so you're keeping track of a log of what happens every year to see where your growth is cuz now you're going to be able to assess yourself better and your coaches better and have a better plan for the next season okay so these are these are some some really important uh, factors of my growth in 2021. Honestly. And I think that if you if you're to take away just one of these things, one of these things, you're gonna improve as a coach. I promise you. If you were to take two or three, you'll improve even more as a coach. And this is coming from years of experience doing the wrong things and also doing the right things as a coach. And uh, and these are some important things. You know my 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 mentor coach John Spraw, you know, when it comes to planning I'm not at his level yet, I'll tell you. He has a 90-day plan. That man has a nine he plans out the first 90 days of his team. So that is planning to a whole other level. That that's where I want to be eventually. I'm not there yet, but that's where I want to be eventually. So you can imagine how well he can assess his team on another level. So, you know, things like that I think are important and we, we gotta do it. So I hope, I hope you got some takeaways. I hope you made some notes, wrote things down. Maybe you want to come back to the episode or listen to it again just to, if in case you missed something important. Uh, but coaches, I hope you're able to take something and grow as a coach. Really put something else on your goal list, on your radar, so you can improve as a coach and we can get we can grow this game together. And the last thing I'll finish off with, this is the real last thing. I always say this, this is the last thing, this is the last thing. But if you're listening to this and you're, this is the week of November 7, 2021, guess what? Digital Volleyball Academy is open. Last time of the year, I can't wait to work with coaches. I can't wait to work with you. I can't wait to see you grow as a coach, help you get to that next level. Don't go at it alone. Uh, like I said before, the single most important thing that has improved my coaching, that has taken me, that is not just taken me, but skyrocketed and fast-tracked my growth to success was mentorship. When I found my mentor, my growth grew significantly. It, it, it grew so fast. Because I was able to lean on their experience, I wasn't wasting time. I was able to go right to the source and get my questions answered and grow. That's when my that's when my my growth as a coach skyrocketed. And, and and many experienced coaches will tell you, mentorship is the most important part of coaching when it comes to your growth. So I'm hope that you can take that leap of faith and, and trust me as well as other coaches in the membership as mentors. But more importantly, I, I I'm your mentor, along with you know. Leaning on your other uh, fellow DVA members in there, so digitalvolleyballacademy.com. That's where you go and get registered. All right, and if you're listening to this after the week of November seventh, you can still go there and sign up for the waitlist. And once the doors open again, I'll let you know. All right, that's it for me. Have yourself a great rest of your week, and I will see you next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look.